Hello, Paul. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the latest in our series of Empire Podcast Spoiler Specials. This one is dedicated to Roland Emmerich's Independence Day Resurgence, the sci-fi sequel it opened a couple of weeks ago on both sides of the Atlantic. Hopefully, you've had time to catch up with the film, for this is a spoiler special and as such discusses all manner of plot revelations, third act developments, and much, much more. And if you haven't seen Independence Day Resurgence and you don't mind the film being spoiled, then stick around. But if you do mind the film being spoiled, then stop the podcast now, head off to your nearest cinema, and then come back. We'll wait. This podcast is a little different from the usual spoiler special format. There won't be a bit where Team Empire discusses the film, sadly, and that would have been an interesting discussion, let me tell you. Uh, instead, as with Chris McQuarrie and Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Matthew Fawn and Kingsman the Secret Service, and Duncan Jones and Warcraft at the beginning, this is dedicated to an extended interview with the director, Roland Emmerich, of course, on this occasion, uh, who was talking to Phil Dissemlian. Enjoy. Very warm welcome to Roland Emmerich to the Empire Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real pleasure to have you on at the podcast to talk about Independence Day Resurgence um, for a spoiler chat that's been 20 years in the making. The film has arrived in cinemas, obviously, and uh, we get the chance to sort of roll up our sleeves and find out what went into sort of putting the story together. Because um, in a lot of ways, there's similarities to, to the first Independence Day from 96, mm-hmm. but a lot of differences as well. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, let's talk about the title, Resurgence. Who's resurging? Is it, well, are we resurging? Well, or? it's like kind of actually was introduced by the two young writers uh, who came in last. You know, they like came up with uh, Independence Day Resurgence. Right, because they we had like kind of this, uh, we had like kind of just Independence Day too, you know. And then at one point it was called uh, ID Forever. It was like also like a silly title. <laughs> Anyhow, so and resurgence is like kind of uh, they had to explain to me the word too, you know. And I felt it was appropriate because it has so many meanings. It has like kind of not only one meaning. Yes, uh, it has like kind of this feeling of um, of a rebirth, you know. It has like a a research, you know. Mm-hmm. So it has this, uh, all these kind of different uh, meanings, and that's why I liked it. So the researching is going on on behalf of us and on the aliens as well. Exactly. Uh, okay. Well, you've both your writers are in the movie, which mm-hmm. is quite unusual in a big yes, blockbuster. Yes. Does that mean that when you when you kind of reach a point where you're like, what? Are, uh, don't really what? Uh, you and, can actually and, and quiz one, them. One of them was already uh, the model. F- uh, one was like already in White House Down. He was Donnie, the tour guide. And I liked him so much, you know, we became friends. And then I actually asked Jamie Vanderbilt, when he came on, to write uh, a part for him. Oh, okay. And so he was not even involved as a writer yet, but he was already had a part in the film. So we got, he, okay, so he was, he cameoed in White House Down, and as a result of that, wrote the script for Independence Day Researchers and then well, got a part in it as well. Well, he was like kind of, uh, he was uh, uh, at one point, I some sort of had given up a little bit. Because uh, I went to so many drafts and I kind of had lost my way a little bit. And um, and then, you know, these uh, Nick and James came to me and said, like, can we try uh, uh, a new version? I said, I don't know, you know. And then they like kind of just, they were so enthusiastic. And there was so, so much fans of the first film that I said, okay, let's um, tell me what you want to change. And they gave me only a couple of, uh, ideas, you know, where I said, oh, that's new, That's that could be uh, nice. And then I actually called up uh, our uh, creative executive in, uh, at Fox and uh, and I said, okay, I want to try these guys. 
make a contract with them and we only give ourselves four weeks. <laughs> because um, because if it's longer, I was not interested. I wanted to kind of know right away if this works or not. And then we met in then uh, Nick at actually was in a ABC show. Yeah, while he was writing, and so we had to meet in New York. And I have an apartment there, so we met in New York. And for one week, we like hammered out the whole story. We went back to cards. We used stuff naturally from uh, other scripts, but. They like kind of pretty much the second half was all new, and uh, and then they had then I told them uh, now you have two weeks to write it, right? And then uh, and then I always like got like pages by them. I was like myself like kind of uh, working over it as a, like an editor, and then um, we met uh, another like kind of week, and then we handed in the script, and and that's pretty much the movie now. Was there anything from Independence Day, the first Independence Day, that that you were dissatisfied with looking back and that you got the chance to sort of put right in this film? Well, I, I thought, I don't know how we did it, uh, Dean and I, because there we like kind of wrote a script in three weeks. Um, it was like kind of somebody was channeling it to us. I don't know who it was, but... And it was actually, I think, a pretty perfect script. And the only thing that I sometimes really um, have a tough time uh, uh, because I had to watch it because... Uh, you know, I mean, I had to watch it actually twice. I wonder, Dean and I watched it once in his screening room, and then I had to color time it new for like a twenty-year anniversary edition. And so, um, the only thing it's like the visual effects. There's a couple of visual effects in there which I kind of have to close my eyes. Every time <laughs> I see them. Um, let's get into the nitty-gritty of the alien scheme. Before we do that, I think we should tackle Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner's return to this film taking a few people by surprise. Uh, yeah, but then they have obviously not read the the follow up uh, um, uh, sequel novels. They haven't read really, it. They yeah, haven't. They obviously haven't because they were we were asked actually by the writer of one of them what happened to Prince Spiner, and then Dean and I said looked at each other, coma, <laughs> and uh, and for me, so he was never dead. And then like kind of people said, but there's this guy, you know. Actually, Adam Baldwin uh, touches him in his neck and says, pretty much uh, says he's dead. And he was a military person. He's not a doctor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't like kind of, with a short little touch, you cannot know if somebody is dead. It was just like, I, I could not imagine not have Brent Spiner in Independence Day. He's just such a riot to work with. I mean, I love uh, Brent Spiner. So, it's quite super nice man. He, yeah, amazing he, actor. He, he's a lot of fun in the film. You do see quite a lot of his bum in this film. Yeah, yeah. He, and he was not shy with that either. Oh, really? <laughs> I was a little. I was more nervous than him. <laughs> he had no problem just wandering no, around. No, he was I imagine around. when you're filming, it makes sense. But as soon as you're between takes, it is just a man with his bum hanging out on a film set. I think they always clipped it close. Right, you know, oh, they have these hair clips. You know, right? <laughs> he had his own hair <laughs> clips. Them always, and he was like, "Ow!" Because it was like kind of. <laughs> he had his own bum wrangler <laughs> to make sure. Let's talk about the alien. The aliens have got... We've, we've prepared an Earth space defense. Mm -hmm. um, the aliens have obviously not been hanging, sitting on their hands, their tentacles mm -hmm. either. They, their spaceship is now the diameter of the Atlantic Ocean. It's a different tactical approach from the aliens. Cause prior, well, it's, like, it's, it's not the, their, their colonist aliens. It's, uh, it's actually a harvester queen which is coming. Right. Which is like kind of, uh, we don't even like go into detail if there, there was like another queen there too, but it was probably not a harvester queen. And these like are the uber queens or 
whatnot. You know, we don't really also go into that very much. But it's just like kind of uh, uh, this like massive ship. And for me, it was like always like kind of the interesting part about, you know, continuing it. I said like, what would happen if some even bigger ship than the old mothership would come down to Earth? Is this a new technology? Is this a new ship for the aliens? Or yes, it's a like different had- ship. It's a different ship. And then it's a much more massive ship. Uh, she doesn't even uh, have to kind of destroy anything because alone the landing process already destroys uh, big parts of the world. And then um, she uh, she's there, you know, out of, you know, two reasons. You know, she wants to, uh, she wants to come uh, to Earth, you know, to, um, you know, like kind of because there was a distress call and wants to kind of look uh, what race beat her advance or like kind of colonists mm-hmm. and uh, and then what she does she uh, she wants to drill in the molten core because they have to do this to refuel their ships and uh, grow their technology and then she finds out in that process that there is uh, her worst enemy in a way is like kind of uh, has tried to warn and rescue us so it's a kind of intergalactic fracking operation yes yes i mean it was like uh, for us very important that uh, the universe getting bigger yeah, and uh, and and if there's another part, it will be a lot about you know like kind of uh, learning what's really going on out there. Yeah, can we talk about that a little bit? Because <laughs> we we meet a benevolent alien species. Mm-hmm. Um, I wondered about the design of the of the of the uh, of that alien chip. There's a it reminded me a tiny bit of Marvin the paranoid android from. No, it was actually I always said make it like look like Apple. <laughs> Simple, clean. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like, and then a, a lot of people said that to me, and I said, I haven't, what, really? You know? The Apple logo. No, and it was like kind of, I always like kind of felt it had to be a very simple design. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, whenever like kind of they came with drawings to me, I said, it's not simple enough. So until I said, like, look, like, make it like this, because it was also had to be a symbol at the same time. And for that, it had to be super simple. Yes. You know what I mean? It had to be something that, that, that people could replicate draw. and draw. Yeah. yeah, and it had to, you mm-hmm. know, marry up, mm-hmm. obviously. So this species is, has been, uh, talks about an intergalactic sort of a civil war almost with mm-hmm. this rapacious alien species. Mm-hmm. How, many, how many species did you envisage being involved in that? Did you have, did you maybe flesh like, that out? Maybe like thousands, you know. I mean, a countless, we say countless, that was a good number because... Uh, <laughs> Countless, great, sounds good, right? It's better than thousands. Uh, countless uh, uh, civilizations. Uh, and, you know, and, uh, and there is like this refugee planet and there it's where they get trained by the this like kind of being, which is actually a being which became singularity, early, you know, thousands of years ago. Uh, and it's not, and it's, um, it's in this, in this like kind of sphere, it's like kind of the culminative, there's the whole species in there. It's not only one yeah. one individual. It's like again, maybe a couple million. I don't know. It's like whatever that is. And and uh, and that was the idea of that was like kind of just to expand the universe because uh, we like said to ourselves, if there's not something new, you know, why would people go and see that film? You know, yeah. Because you have to have like some sort of a intriguing storyline, and then. As it's, you know, as, as the, the, the story evolves, you know, that kind of thing becomes uh, super important. It does rather allow itself to be shot down earlier on. 
Is there, was there another yeah, that way? That was the only to... thing where I was like, it hopefully like people don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, because you don't know yet what it is and we shoot it down, people say, okay. But then afterwards, people may maybe ask, well, um, why did it let <laughs> itself shut down? But, uh, well, yeah, you know, there's always like blood holes in every film, but um, that's one of them. You, I mean, you started out making more hard sci-fi, Noah's Art Principle, and that's always been one of your passions. Mm -hmm. um, you've been talking about making Singularity and the Asimov Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is this, I mean, this, this film seems to offer potential to sort of scratch some of those itches almost. There's wormholes, there's, you know... The yeah, that's also a little bit like, yeah, I could pack in some stuff into this film, which I always wanted to do, and, and if there's a sequel, I can do more of that because uh, the next one will take place place in uh, in um, will be an intellect intergalactic journey. So, is it going to have sort of elements of the Interstellar, um, two thousand and one? Sort yeah, of? a little bit, but like it has also like kind of some major surprises waiting for people. Do you? Know I mean, I don't want to give them away because that's like a, it's like kind of a, a total no no. But uh, no, but it's like you will learn a lot about you know. Um, you know the bad aliens and the good aliens, and uh, and who is out there? Jeff Goldblum has a real problem with um, David Lev Levinson. Rather, has a real mm -hmm. problem with space travel in both movies. <laughs> yeah. How is he going to cope with traveling, plunging into the? Well, outer? that will be. Uh, he has to, you know, like kind of toughen up for that. <laughs> you give him a cigar and a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the death count in the first film, I think, was three billion. Mm -hmm. Is it higher in this one? Do no, you have an idea? No, no, it's not. It's like actually maybe a little bit less because I don't think... Um, because at one point, you know, the, this alien queen is only after the the sphere. So she's not uh, so interested in us anymore. But she wants to destroy. I mean, she's happy to destroy the planet, but that's not the end. Yes, but like kind of she can... Uh, she anyway does this by drilling to the Earth's core and then, yeah. then our planet will lose its atmosphere and then we're like dead anyway. So it's not it's not revenge for for what happened in ninety six. No, because we always like kind of it's that revenge is like kind of some sort of a very human, you know, feel, and we didn't want it just to be a revenge film. No, and um, the Earth space defense it's hinted at. You see early on that it sort of the, the outer perimeter is Saturn and the rings mm -hmm. of Saturn. What what happens? In Saturn. Well, we had like actually uh, in the, and you will see this like in, uh, in the expanded version, uh, we had actually seen on Saturn Moon. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah where like, like some, also some wormhole appears and it's so massive, it's like gonna um, uh, affect Saturn's rings, you know. But then we kind of said to ourselves, you know, it was a little bit too, um, too drawn out the opening anyway. And then we were actually, uh, then we like kind of said, let's try it without it and play it all in mystery. And that actually worked better for us. So we have weapons on Saturn. Mm -hmm. Well, but like, kind of, it's just building one. Oh, I see. It's just like kind of the first moon weapon is the Earth's moon. Yeah. And then the next one will be, you know, like kind of Saturn's moon. Rhea, actually. Rhea. Yeah. Okay. But like, we also didn't call it Rhea anymore because people uh, in these movies are easily confused. So we called it Saturn. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? No, yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> in the press notes, and this may be. I mean, it's, I it says Paris and Dubai. Mm -hmm. Was that is that a different version? Well, there was there, there was like kind of once you know uh, the Burj Khalifa mm. was actually crashing into the uh, Eiffel Tower, but then when uh, the attacks happened in uh, in Paris, we thought it was like un, you know like kind of not right to oh, do I that see. anymore. Right, uh, and we only like have the lifting off scene in Paris now because this was like just for us. Uh, I kind of felt. Um, I felt bad about it. Yeah. 
Uh, and so I kind of thought, you know, the, you know, and then I dumped it on the London Eye. Fair Because, enough. you know, English, they're Fair like, oh, the English can take it, you know. <laughs> We can take it. We've, yeah, yeah, the London Eye has been destroyed like a couple times <laughs> in every movie it's appeared in, I think. I don't know what you do without it. <laughs> it used to be Parliament, now it's the poor London Eye. <laughs> According to this, there was going to be a, a giant Buddha. Um, yes. Was that from Cambodia or? Yeah, but it was also like for us too, like on the nose, like kind of, uh, right. uh, you know. Sort of spiritual awakening. <laughs> no, it's like to put a crash directly. Yeah. Ben. Well, so you must have done that really quickly in that case. Um, sort I'm, of I'm, I'm, look, that. what you do, what you do is like you create much more visual effects than actually you will end up using. Oh, okay. And then, you know, because uh, they're like done as previous, so that's quite simple and Yep. And, 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 and cheap. And then you like kind of uh, put the movie together and then you realize uh, this can go, this can go, this can go, this can go. And then, you know, and you have to do this relatively fast because then, you know, you have to lock your visual effects in because they sometimes take uh, four, five, six months. Yeah. So to do. Grueling, grueling process. And then you go straight mm. into doing the press tour as well. <laughs> so you need a holiday by the end of it all. Um, can we talk a bit more about the, ex the extended, expanded version? Because this is a... This is a very trim film. I mean, the first Independence Day was two hours, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. I think, wasn't mm -hmm. it? This one is around the two-hour mark. How long would the extended version be? It's only like kind of five, seven minutes longer. Really? What was the hardest, the hardest thing to cut from this one that you'll be sort of... Rather, what, what, what scene would you be happiest Not to put back really. in? Not really. I mean, I, 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 um, we only cut what was... Uh, you know, like we thought was like kind of not working. Yeah. I mean, I'm not thinking anything should be back in. It's just like interesting for uh, film fans to sometimes see, oh, that did this scene and then did that scene. For example, we had like a Rhea scene, yeah. you know, or like a Saturn moon scene, which was, um, you know, like kind of not necessary. It's much more mysterious when you see this video image, you know, of, of, a, of a, and you don't know what exactly happened there. And... Because that makes the, you know, the spherical, you know, like, sh you know, ship showing up even more, you know, like kind of dangerous. And then we had a couple of uh, character moments which were not necessary. And uh, I actually like when movies are short because myself, I'm always like looking at my watch <laughs> constantly in films because I'm saying, okay, I got it now. And we move on. <laughs> You start editing people's movies yeah. in your mind. Um, so you see people on Saturn, or at least on the, on Rhea, yeah. the moon of Saturn. Okay, that's interesting. And it's actually the Russian stone. Is it? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. There is a lovely uh, little joke in this film, as there often are in yours, where the White House does not get destroyed. Um, the new White House, that is, because obviously it's been rebuilt. Um, yes, and we have actually, in the extended version, there will be one where, the, where you see it, it gets destroyed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh wow! So you, okay. Well, we like kind of we we, uh, we 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 did it like this, you know. Originally, it was written. It doesn't get destroyed. It's just a, all the all the debris pushes against it, and then something falls, and only the, yes. the flak goes yes. uh, goes uh, um, a little askew. <laughs> and uh, and then you know, actually, uh, a friend of mine who was one of the main designers of the film. Johannes uh, Mücke from uh, from Austria 
he said, oh, no, you have to destroy it. And then I said, how do you want to do that? And then he said, well, you know, we have just like a thing going up. And then this huge like, <laughs> hook comes and like kind of well, so <laughs> obliterates after, it. So yeah. after that bit, it just yeah. keeps... Oh, and, I and, and, I, and I actually quite liked the idea. But then, you know, I thought, you know, I mean, I think it's much more original when it doesn't get destroyed. And then I chose that. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, but in the extended edition, you can see it, how it gets destroyed. Yes. It's actually a cool effect. Oh, wow, that's like, awesome. There's this thing. <laughs> and then we like, kind of did exactly the same like we did in the original. A guy gets in a helicopter and looks out, and then the helicopter gets uh, blown up. But, but there was actually a good decision to not include this, because otherwise everywhere in the world they would say, oh, you destroyed the White House again. And uh, so far, nobody has ever mentioned it. And actually, everybody said, oh, that was a real cool joke because you didn't. You know, so. You've improved the White House. I mean, it's not as historic yeah. as it once was, but you've rebuilt <laughs> yeah. it and it's kind of bigger. Yeah. And, so. uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the, the plants around it are really small. Yes. It looks quite different. <laughs> it looks quite different. It does. Um, have you, you, you obviously screened Independence Day in the White House when Bill Clinton mm. was president. Yeah, that was the ago. most uh, surreal moment of my life. To see the, the the White House exploding inside the White House. Yeah. And it was just like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I still today cannot believe it that, uh, that this happened. Now you can screen White House Down and Independence Day <laughs> Resurgence for them. Any, any, any talk but like, of You know what you have to understand? Bill Clinton is a total science fiction fan. Right. Or he loves science fiction films. And, and I don't think all the others are like that interested in science fiction films. But Bill was. So. I reckon Barack Obama's got an interest in <laughs> Yeah, maybe. But they also like, you know, you know what? It became this, uh, it became a little bit this uh, this uh, thing, you know, um, you know, like uh, which movie is invited and which movie is not. And they like kind of try not to, to invite anyone anymore. Or if they invite one, they keep it pretty secret. Uh when we like kind of uh, showed it to uh, Bill Clinton, uh, he actually even openly talked about it. So. Yeah. Got to wrap up in the nearest future. Uh, many more questions to ask. I've got to ask you about the dog because there's no boomer, obviously. It's been mm-hmm. 20 years, so he's gone to the great, the great kennel in the sky. Mm-hmm. But you do have a dog in this film. Yes. It's a different sort of dog. Well, it's like kind of the dog of uh, a friend of mine lives in my guest house and he has a dog and he just talked me into using his dog. <laughs> really? Which like kind of the line producer really hated because it costs a lot of money because you have a dog trainer, you have a, you has to be Peter, you know, like kind of supervised. And, but I kind of thought it was cool to have a little pooch, you know. And, you know, he doesn't do much. You know, he only barks once at the queen. And it's actually the other way around. He gets rescued. And, uh, and then uh, we, have, we get, like, I think one good laugh out of it because, um, because Jeff Goldblum says, yeah, sure, we have to save the dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not, so he's an amateur. He's not a professionally trained no, dog. No, he's not a... No, it's a total amateur dog. And it was like a, it was like terrible to shoot with him. I kind of, I kind of regretted it. I <laughs> said yes to that one. Why do the aliens keep invading Earth in July, at the beginning of July? We have like, actually, it's this, there was one scene which we cut out. It's explained in some sort of form, you know, because uh, they say there's like kind of one moment where actually the, the, the Rosenberg, the accountant, asks, you know, like uh, Charlie, why are they always coming <laughs> on 4th of July or around that? And then we had like another scene in there where, where there was like kind of even an explanation 
that uh, what we found out uh, was like actually Roswell happened also on 4th of July. Oh, okay. Which I kind of totally thought was super cool. And then and then the, this uh, uh, this like big meteor which struck uh, Russia was also around 4th of July. It's really, it's not, a, I'm not, uh, not making this up. So we kind of thought that was like really cool. But then it was just like this ballast and it just made the movie slower and then yeah. really kind of like okay. cut it, it doesn't off. really matter. It, it doesn't Unless really matter. Have... That's what like kind of we realized all of a sudden. We were making uh, uh, out of just a comet 4th of July and, and, and that's it. You could have a big calendar on the wall of the alien ship with them just <laughs> yes. circling the dates. <laughs> what circling? Just crossing them out as they travel through space. Yeah. Um, last question and then I must let you, let you go to your next engagement. But should there be a sequel... Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say that there probably will be. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I hope there is because yeah. you leave it open at the end, should we yeah. say? Mm-hmm. Um, are you, you? Will you maintain the, the the sort of the time kind of structure of this one? You know, you shot it 20 years later; it's set 20 years later. Will so this that would be? Like, kind of, that would be maybe a year or two years later. This will be not uh, 20 years later because I want to kind of maintain not uh, this group of people, mm. especially the young uh, the young characters. Yeah, and you know, and uh, and Jeff and Bra- you know Brent, and they all will take part of it, and it will be just fun to to keep that group together because at the end it was like a inter- for me very interesting you know have old and young together. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then it's just like uh, I just imagine them now going in one of these ships they rebuilt. Yeah, from the you know Madam Sphere, uh, you know into like a wormhole, and I think this will be that classic. You know, like it's now it's going to space, but it has to be always about Earth, right? And and we have a really really good idea for that. And you'll definitely direct it if it happens. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, I would never ever let anybody else direct. Uh, it depends. And you see that being a trilogy. A, a yeah, that would be then a trilogy. Yeah. So not a fourth film after that, or is that just open to? Who we'll knows? see. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, it's. I, I look. I as a next movie, I would love to do something original again because it's just uh, what I like the most. Well, very many congratulations on this one. Okay. Um, it's a lot of fun, and uh, Roland Emmerich, thank you so much for joining us on the okay. podcast. Cool. Thank you. Roland Emmerich and Phil Assembly in there and that is it for our Empire Podcast Independence Day Resurgence Spoiler Special hope you enjoyed it over the next few weeks we will have a number of other specials spoiler and otherwise coming your way uh, there is a Star Trek Beyond Spoiler Special a Ghostbusters Spoiler Special uh, with the likes of Justin Lin Simon Pegg and Paul Figg There's also a Star Trek special of its own celebrating 50 years of the franchise and much, much more to come your way. So do keep your ears peeled for those popping up on your podcast apps or however you listen to the Empire podcast. Of course, the regular podcast, the Mothership podcast is out every Friday. uh, So please do keep listening to that. And if you haven't listened to it before, do check it out. And hey, if you're on iTunes, why not give us a nice, lovely, tasty five star review as well? We do love them. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Chris Hewitt. Goodbye.